is the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Sorry, I was just taking my gum out of my mouth. I am a disgusting man, but I covered for it well. Now, who am I? Where am I? What's going on? And what on earth does all of this mean? Welcome along. My name is Vinnie White. You are listening to a journalism cupcake. Sweet news with an opinion icing slapped all over it. Served up with a dusting of nonsense and gibberish elegantly placed in a paper cup called News Talk 1010. Recorded live from the United Kingdom, Sunday, August the 13th, 2017. You are listening to In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. My name is Vinny, I'm on till about 10, and we talk about stuff and things. Coming your way, Amanda Capito on a beach, we catch up with her and find out why she's on a beach, where is the beach, and why aren't we all with her, and what's she wearing. No, that's a bit creepy. And, of course, we're going to look at some of the news stories, some of them unavoidable and sad, some of them rather light and fluffy, I bloody hope. Uh, We will start with the terrible business and then move on. The only way is up, in the words of Yaz and the plastic population, with their 90s crowd-pleaser, which was very much overplayed, but not as overplayed as No Limit by Two Unlimits. How much money did they get out of that crap? How did they get away with that? Anyway, I digress. Let's get stuck into some violent clashes. Sorry, some news about some violent clashes. There's been enough violent clashes. Yesterday, violent clashes between protesters and white supremacists happened in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's weird, isn't it, that that headline? Violent clashes between protesters and white supremacists in Charlottesville, Virginia. Almost makes you feel like you've inadvertently tuned into a broadcast from 1962. If you feel that way, you're not alone. A neo-Nazi website is praising the president for not condemning white nationalist groups. That's where we are tonight. That's doing well, isn't it? Of course, this demonstration turned very violent and someone got killed in what can only be described as an act of terror. They drove a car into the anti-racists. I think that's the term for people that are normal. Um, (laughs) Or, dare I say, educated? Anyway, anti-racist protesters got a car driven into them. That's what happened. Absolutely outrageous. The Daily Stormer, which is a website for the far right, a website dedicated to vulnerable people with little or no education who've come together as a group to make the world a worse place by spreading lies and hate like a sort of crop spraying plane filled with tanks of bigotry and lunacy casually spewing out noxious evil. That's kind of what the Daily Stormer and the far right movement is. But there you go. They're very pleased with the president saying thanks very much for not condemning us with no condemnation from where it needs to come from, the man at the top, this is actually much bigger a tragedy than it could have been and continues to be. Now, he, the orange pumpkin prick nuts, horseman of the apocalypse, of course, would say to you, well, I totally condemn it and I already condemned it. I condemned it. But let's actually listen to that condemnation, all right? Let's listen to what happens when the President of the United States, arguably the most powerful man in the world, gets up to condemn the acts of the far-right movement, yeah? A bunch of Nazis, and I'm not using that term loosely, they were carrying swastikas and had Nazi tattoos, SS badges, and were doing Nazi salutes. So I do mean Nazis, neo-Nazis and KKK, the most 
awful group in the world because they haven't even got the guts to show their own face. So not only are they racist, they're also too gutless to actually admit they're racist. Those lovely people that they are. There was supposed to be condemnation from the man at the top. Did it happen? Let's take it apart. Let's listen. This is the Trumpkin doing his thing. We have to come together as Americans with love for our nation and true affection. Uh, really, and I, I say this so strongly, true affection for each other. Good start. Very good. Well done. That's very, very good. I'm impressed, Trumpkin. Now, obviously, we've got to get on to the point of condemnation of the far right. Yep, they drove a car, let's not forget, into some protesters, and that's killed someone. So now we need to get to that condemnation quick smart. But great start. Our country is doing very well in so many ways. We have record, just absolute record, employment. Do you remember what I said about the condemnation? We need to get to that, really. So time to talk about employment. Don't think it's now. Crack on. We have unemployment, the lowest it's been in almost 17 years. We have companies pouring into our country. Foxconn and so many others. They're coming back. What are you talking about? Why are we talking about this now? This is the weirdest thing. You're talking about companies setting up. By the way, just did a quick Google of Foxconn, and uh, the headline is, This is a transfer of wealth from Wisconsin taxpayers to Foxconn shareholders. For the taxpayers, it's a guaranteed loser. Basically, the whole thing's a sham. That's the uh, fantastic news of Foxconn coming back to America. To come back, they had to organise $3 billion of tax incentives. So, yeah. But again, I could pick you up on everything you're saying, I normally do. It's very easy to. It's basically like watching a doddering old granddad who's forgotten to take his pills. But can we get to the bloody condemnation? That is the idea, isn't it? Remember, a few seconds ago, you fat goldfish. Actually, that's quite good. About the same shade of orange. We're renegotiating trade deals to make them great for our country and great for the American worker. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Donald Trump forget that he's supposed to be condemning violence because he's gone into his usual loop. It's almost like a Windows machine when it shuts down and then restarts. has to go through a series of operations. In Donald Trump's mind when it shuts down, which it does quite regularly, it has to go through this series of operations about how America's getting greater on every possible level and everything's going to be fantastic because of me, the second coming of Jesus. So once we can get through that, I'm sure we'll get to that condemnation. We have so many incredible things happening in our country. So when I watch Charlottesville... To me, it's very, very sad. Yeah, not poetry, but it's a step in the right direction. Go on. I want to salute the great work of the state and local police in Virginia. Incredible people. Law enforcement. Incredible people. And also the National Guard. They've really been working smart and working hard. They've been doing a terrific job. Federal authorities are also providing tremendous support to the governor. He thanked me for that. <laughs> oh, God. You managed to make this about you somehow. Well done. He thanked me for that. And we are here to provide whatever other assistance is needed. We are ready, willing, and able. Above all else, we must remember this truth. No matter our color, creed, religion, or political party, we are all 
Americans first. Good. It took two minutes to get there, but that's a good start. Unity. We love our country. Almost as much as we did a year ago. We love our God. Is God American? We love our flag. I'll give you that. You do love your flag. We're proud of our country. There's a lot of people that aren't proud of their country of America. And you know why? Because of things like when someone gets murdered in cold blood by an idiot that takes control of a wheel in a domestic act of terrorism because he doesn't like what the opposition is saying, that he can't be racist. So he likes to kill people. So it's in that time that what's needed in unity and people coming together and you as the mouthpiece for the country, amazingly, is for you to say that some people are disgusted by the behaviour of the country. So some people aren't proud of the country. And if there's ever a time when people are reflecting that they're not proud of the United States, it's right now as you're actually saying these words. So no, not everyone is proud of their country. And I know many Americans that are ashamed of it. You douche nozzle fart sack. But we're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence. By white supremacists, like the KKK, yeah? On many sides. Oh, fuck off. On many sides. Oh God, he said it again. Double fuck off. In fact, fuck off, come back just so I can tell you to fuck off again. It's been going on for a long time in our country. Not Donald Trump. Okay, you don't have to be a psychologist to work this one out. First of all, he speaks in third person, which removes himself from the situation. In other words, let's not forget that he is Donald Trump. So you can rearrange that sentence and say, it's not me. It's not me that's causing this. Now, isn't it interesting that he felt the need to say that at all? Because he knows that he is, at least partially, to blame. The KKK has not had a rally of this size in decades. One of the reasons for that is you, Mr. Trump, do not condemn those Nazis and Ku Klux Klan members, wizards, for want of a better word. I've never seen one do a trick. You don't condemn them, which is exactly, ironically and beautifully, what you should be doing right now, naming them. If you don't condemn the actions of an individual, whether they're hitting a dog or driving a car into innocent civilians, you are part of the problem. It's up to everyone to object, and it's certainly up to those in the highest positions of power. It's been going on for a long time in our country. Not Donald Trump. No, couldn't be you. Not Barack Obama. Because he's black. This has been going on for a long, long time. Yep, he just did forget what he was saying. <laughs> oh, God, you couldn't make it up. Anyway, let's not forget that most Americans, despite what it feels like sometimes, are reasonable, diligent people. And some of them speak concisely and beautifully about the right thing at the right time. And thankfully, one of those people whew, was this guy, the governor of Virginia. A lot better a message. And I have a message to all the white supremacists and the Nazis who came into Charlottesville today. Our message is plain and simple. Go home. You are not wanted in this great commonwealth. Shame on you. You pretend that you're patriots. 
but you are anything but a patriot. You want to talk about patriots, talk about Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, who brought our country together. You think about the patriots today, the young men and women who are wearing the cloth of our country. Somewhere around the globe, they're putting their life in danger. They're patriots. You are not. You came here today to hurt people. And you did hurt people. But my message is clear. We are stronger than you. You have made our Commonwealth stronger. You will not succeed. There is no place for you here. There is no place for you in America. is the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hello, Amanda Capito from across the Atlantic Ocean. Here you are in my ears. Good evening. Good evening, Vinnie White. Where are you and what are you doing and what are you dressed as? I am away once again. I'm in North Bay, Ontario. Rock and roll. Three and a half hours north of the beautiful city of Toronto. Um, and I'm actually just sitting by the lake right now. So life is good. Man, I feel like a woman. Who's that? Shania Twain. No, Shania Twain's from Timmins. Oh. Um, and is common, and that's actually closer to Thunder Bay, which might be what you're thinking of. Oh, I think I am. I yeah. know Northern Ontario can be very confusing for those who've never traveled there or those who don't frequently look at a map. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and Torontonians tend to be notoriously bad for knowing what for even understanding what's north of the gta it's yeah. fine though um so, <laughs> but i lived in north bay for for a year um mm. and was doing radio up here actually but um so many of my friends never came and visited because they thought they had to take a plane to come see me little do they know i once i had to correct them that i was only three and a half hours away it's not that bad of a i drive. think that they knew exactly <laughs> where it was and i think they knew it was three and a half hours but the boredom and inevitability of cold said oh i haven't got the time at the moment amazingly so if you moved to hawaii they'd all have come visited i bet you <laughs> i don't really do much north of bloor anything north of bloor becomes hostile territory <laughs> Yeah, I've, not I've, even young and egg can't nah, even handle egg winter. I go up there every now and then, mate, but I'm well out of my comfort zone. Anything north of Bloor to me is really the tundra. <laughs> the tundra, wow! Now we've suddenly jumped. We might as well just call it the Amazon. <laughs> Hang on, surely the Arctic's first. Anyway, where are you? You're on a beach. <laughs> yeah, I'm just by the lake. It's beautiful. It's uh, the weather's been great up here at least, so I've been just taking advantage. Do you know what I did today? What? I went on a walking tour of central London. It was supposed to be looking at street art. So it started in the cool hip bit of East London. And then there was another walking tour mm-hmm. afterwards that was more historical. So I went on that as well. And that one was like proper tourist. It was full of Americans going, oh, my God, Buckingham Palace is awesome. And I went past Buckingham Palace. I'm staying near Pimlico, but I'm doing a Buckingham Palace tour at 4.30 on Sunday. <laughs> I love the way Canadians and Americans say, Buckingham. 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 I say Buckingham. 
Oh, and who should we be listening to? The people that live in Buckingham Palace or the Canadian that's visiting? Hmm? The uh, Queen's English. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Buckingham, what, what? What do you say? Buckingham? Buckingham. Just get through it sharpish. Buckingham Palace. Buckingham. Or, or as I call it, Mummy's House. Action. I guess it's like Toronto and Toronto, where you just roll your eyes at people who pronounce the second T. Yeah, exactly. I I have used to live in what you, British people would call Ottawa, and which if you live there, you have to call Ottawa. And I yeah. I was speaking to my friend the other day here in England, and I was going, oh, that reminds me of when I was in Ottawa. And he said, I thought you lived in Awawa. Because <laughs> 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 he oh, thought... Oh, Ottawa, um, yeah. Ottawa and Toronto. Anyway, moving on. I went past the Queen's house, right? <laughs> And I got because in England, yeah. land of the free, you're allowed to do what you want. I had a cheeky little gin and tonic outside the Queen's house. Perfectly legal. You need to get used to this sort of idea and just relax a bit, Canada. Oh, and, anyway, I, yeah, I wish, yeah. We'll have one next week. We'll have a G&T outside Mummy's house, if you like. OK, let's do it. One of the Americans was like, oh, my God, you're drinking in public. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we do that. Don't worry about it, mate. You'll get over it now. Just watch that bus that you're about to walk in front of. We also drive on the other side of the road. It is slightly different. Come on. <laughs> anyway, we was doing doing that sort of chat and um, we got talking about the Queen. Queen Elizabeth II, it has come out, likes to put away quite a lot of booze. This is new news. It's according to Margaret Rhodes, the Queen's cousin. Her Majesty's alcohol intake never varies. She's very predictable. She takes a gin and dubonnet before lunch with a slice of lemon and a lot of ice. She will then take wine with lunch, right? Then a dry martini and a glass of champagne in the evening. Good for her. If this is the secret to her long life and long career, then, hey, maybe I need to start drinking more. Yeah. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, I think that's definitely the message that we should be passing on to everyone. A gin and Dubonnet. I've never even heard of that. That's very fancy. Who does she think she is? The Queen of... Oh, yeah, she is. Uh, anyway, but that's <laughs> six units a day, which would make Her Majesty technically, by the British government standards, a binge drinker. Her mom is a binge <laughs> drinker. <laughs> the government that's states awesome. that men and women should not exceed 14 units per week. If Rhodes is correct, and this is indeed how much the Queen drinks per day, then she's on about 40.6 units. And again, those stats, she's on about 41 units, say, and she, you shouldn't exceed 14. But then I don't know anyone, <laughs> apart from a Mormon, that is on anything less than 20 units. I mean, come on. <laughs> There's been times when I've run out of milk and I've just been like, I guess I'm just going to use Bailey's in my coffee, you know? <laughs> it's only it's only 6am, but it seems like a 6 o'clock, so it's probably the 6 o'clock I need. Yeah, I've seen you. We went to right. Nicaragua and you were... Bagging back two litre bottles of beer, no problem. <laughs> you are quite a big girl, though. I mean, yeah. that, you're a very sexy woman, but you are of the larger variety. Like, you're not, I wouldn't, I think it's fair to say that you're not dainty. And don't you dare say, are you calling me fat? Yes, you're calling me fat. You're just, you're just calling me fat right there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You knew, oh. you knew where it was gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> Call a woman not dainty. You're gonna—it's just implying the opposite. Come on. Well, you're not dainty. Oh God, I'm digging. I'm digging. What I'm saying <laughs> is that you, whilst you have a perfect shape, you are not. You're more like oh God, I'm in dangerous water. You're, 
Good you're more God, like what a. Are you, what you're gonna say? I'm excited. Yeah. What? You're more like a Renaissance painting of a beautiful woman than you are a. Oh, get out of here. Barbie type. <laughs> well, you're more Marilyn than Barbie. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll leave it at that. Let's I'll tell you just, what. It's uh... so hot in here right now. <laughs> I. uh... I don't know if I've ever been this scared of you. I would never say this in front of you. I reckon you'd deck me. Right? It's always when I'm on the phone. I know. Well, next week you're going to be here. We'll do a live show from London. What are you doing here anyway? Why are you coming over? I'm taking a cheeky trip to Belgium, and then I'm actually going to be in England for work. So I just Mm. figured I'd make a little, yeah, take advantage, do some tours, like I said, Buckingham Palace, and going to go for... um, a couple of nice dinners and yeah gonna just enjoy my time overseas no good for you mate well we'll make a bit of a bash of it drinks are on me although at six pounds 40 a pint that's about 11 dollars i paid (laughs) for a pint yesterday it was yeah i know it's in common garden like proper central london but that hurt your average pint's about four quid which is about sort of six and a half seven dollars it's not too bad all right, that's not bad. Yeah, don't worry, mate. It doesn't matter what it costs. We'll be getting through it anyway. Uh, speaking of which, I might take okay. you to a whiskey tasting. There is a whiskey tasting. It's going on next weekend. Uh, as you know, the British Isles, home of some mighty fine whiskies. There has been yes. a whiskey tasting taste-off here in the UK, and it continues pretty much throughout the summer, off and on. We're going to go to it. But I was on the website booking tickets, and I looked up, the worst, because obviously all the best whiskies, a lot of them Scottish, of course, have got uh, beautiful reviews. I thought I'd spend a bit of time looking at the worst ones. These whiskies will be available at the whiskey tasting. Would you like to hear the ratings of the worst whiskies in a British whiskey tasting? Okay, yeah, lay them on me. Fourth worst whiskey okay. goes to Ukraine's first homegrown whiskey. It's called the Brover Brew, and it claims the malt has a warming taste. This website, though, has views from across the world, and the rating is cheap chocolate followed by burnt tree and rotting artichoke. Rotting artichoke? But, like, is that is that them being over the top or what? <laughs> it is like, quite... can any alcohol taste that bad? Like, it's just, you know, you hear these, a lot of, even some of these beers, they're like, this beer tastes like chocolate. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, you sip it, and you're like, no, it doesn't. It yeah, there's always notes. It's always yeah. It's got an, it's got notes of chocolate with an undertone. Notes, yeah. Cabbage, yeah. Actually, they probably don't say cabbage. Uh, the third worst is from Tennessee, so it was never going to be great. It's kind of a moonshine. It's called Old Smoky Tennessee Moonshine, one of the worst whiskies in the world, according to this. It's a clear whiskey and sold in a jar because it's kind of rednecky. Peppermint, root beer, mango, and salty watermelon. That's what they say it tastes like. But the users say decaying orange, fish liver oil, and gym socks. <laughs> the website's being a little bit harsh, but even the original description, like what they're calling it, what was it? Salty yeah, watermelon that's, root beer? That's exactly what like I was it thinking. Yeah. sound appealing. If I said to you, <laughs> and being this is the sales pitch, do you want to come and have a whiskey? There's a particularly good one. It tastes of peppermint root beer, mango, and salty watermelon. Like, if that's a list, no. like, nothing should ever taste no. of peppermint and root beer already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. And, like, just the combo, the peppermint then, just to throw it in there. Like, I just, 
No, I can't. I yeah, can't. No need for that. I'll speed through the last two. The second worst uh, was described as there's a big bite of wet cardboard with an artificial, instantly nauseating sweetness. I imagine this is what acrylic paint tastes like. Thick, oily, yet dry, sticking to the inside of my mouth while my brain is telling me you shouldn't drink this. I had to puke as soon as I nipped it. Fancy that one? Oof, that sounds rough. And that's not even the worst. Here's okay, the worst whiskey possible. Number one. Give me number one. UK whiskey yeah. tasting. Uh, it's from Austria. Not known for their whiskies. They're quite good at snaps and stuff like this. But they've tried this. It's called the Waldwerter, Austria's first whiskey distillery. And the write-up is this. I thought this was going to taste disgusting, and I wasn't wrong. It tastes like paint stripper mixed with dog hair and a hint of cat box litter. Has the ability to make windscreen washer fluid a nice treat. Okay, but how does this person even know what cat box litter tastes like? This is what my concern is. (laughs) And what, windshield wiper fluid? Have they tasted that as well? I'm just curious. Well, in fairness, I used to live with a woman that had a cat, and I didn't need to taste the litter to know that it was rancid. Yeah, I feel like you're basing it more off smells than taste. That's all. Yeah, that's true. I hated that cat. How's your rabbit anyway, since we're on the subject? Oh, he's fantastic. He's uh, still kicking. Almost turned eight now. So, like a child to me. (laughs) Yeah, really is, isn't it? It's called Sniffles if you're a late tuner into the show. All right, I'm going to leave you with this. Researchers (laughs) from Florida University want to know the answer to several uncomfortable conundrums. They posed it in a study this week. Um, There were 200 people interviewed and 70% said they would rather lose their hand than be permanently branded as a Nazi. What on earth is this about? So the question, according to these researchers at a Florida university, I'm sure universities used to do proper research. I'm not sure where the wheels came off, but nowadays they just seem to ask (laughs) random people anything. Don't know why they don't just set up a Facebook poll. But anyway, uh, the question is this. Would you rather have a giant swastika painted on your face, tattooed permanently, branded on your face, or would you rather lose your best hand? So that question to you, Amanda. Yeah, I don't think this is a hard question. Like, I would obviously lose my hand. Yeah, that's what 70% of the people asked said they would rather do. Uh, The other awkward question was, would you rather die right now? So you have to die right now, or you can live into your 90s, but you're widely known as a paedophile. Why even make these questions? Why even do this? It's so cruel, isn't it? So stupid. It is so stupid. stupid. Even if you were the most foul, rich, cruel bastard in the world, you couldn't orchestrate this to actually happen in reality. So does it really matter? Yeah, but anyway, I'm going to ask you anyway. It's beyond the hypothetical. Like it's so hypothetical, it hurts. Pedophile into your nineties or dead right now? What do you fancy? Dead right now. Dead right now. What do you think most people went for? I think most people went for dead right now. 53%. So you are right, but only just, pretty much half and half. 50%, 53% said they would rather die this instant. But no one can guarantee that you'll live to your 90s. You know what I mean? Mm. 
Well, they would argue that it wasn't. They said they concluded that people are willing to do many things to avoid a bad reputation. Theories that were already mildly predictable, but they didn't realise to what capacity people care about their reputation. For most people, they concluded banishment from society means death anyway. So you might as well finish everything. Imagine being that person. You're like. Doris, you're the intern here at the university. Would you mind popping out to a shopping centre and asking some questions to random people? Oh, yeah, what would you want me to ask? Is it about their favourite washing powder? No, ask them if they'd rather die or be a pedo into their 90s. Here's a clipboard. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) It's mental, isn't it? Oh, dear. Uh, Have you ever played that game? Would you rather? And who, yeah, I played it with you. You're the crooked man who likes to make up these ridiculous situations. Oh, we did play this on holiday once, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. And I don't even think the, the situations you were making up were appropriate for radio, so I feel like we should leave it at that. I feel like we should as well. Uh, tell me more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Are you working all week? I leave on Tuesday to go to Belgium. Oh, it's Tuesday, is it? What are you doing in Belgium? Well, I'm doing a brewery tour of Delirium in Ghent, and I'm spending some time in Brussels, and then I'm heading over to England. Oh. Watch a bit a good film if you get the chance. It's called In Bruges. Have you ever seen that? I did watch it because of because of this trip. Everyone was telling me to watch it. Oh, good. Yeah, it's funny as well, it, isn't it? It's, a it's bit quite dark. funny. Yeah. yeah, it is. But dark. Yeah, dark, but funny. <laughs> No one goes to Belgium. Who comes all the way to Europe and goes to Belgium? That's not true. Lots of people go to Belgium. Belgium's great for chocolate and beer and waffles. Like, what more What more could you want? That was so your answer. And I will see you next week in London, and we'll do a live show together. Can't wait. Yeah, it'd be a good crack. We'll enjoy that, mate. Okay, big love. Um, have a good time. Have a good trip. Fly safely. And, um, yeah, I'll see you in Europe. See you in England. <laughs> This is the Fenny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show. My name is Vinnie White. Hello. Good evening. Do you like this show? Would you like to take it with you? Pop it in your pocket. You can do that. How much? I'll tell you what. You, good looking. Take it away for nothing. Go on. Go on. Off with you. Uh, download it at iTunes at uh, iTunes, <laughs> or you can go to vinniewhite.co.uk, or you can go to uh, newstalk1010.com, which will jump you to iHeartRadio, the new way of listening to better radio across Canada. And you can listen to the bloody thing live. That's the best way to do it. Nine o'clock pretty much every single Sunday, p.m. on your dial on 1010 a.m. Lots of ways of listening. Always a pleasure to be here. Never a chore, I tells you. Uh, let's look at some Canadian news. Of course we need to, and it's the important stuff that's coming your way. It's the case of the missing wheelbarrow, and possibly the most Canadian mystery ever. You know, this is a story from a couple of weeks ago I meant to do, but I've just dug it out now because I loved it so much I didn't want to let it go. Two photographs taken days apart uh, from each other in rural Nova Scotia, a lightened Twitter, uh, with users delighting in the way that... 
what's considered to be the quintessential Canadian politeness was comically displayed. It was all about a CTV producer called Andrew Killowy, and he was driving when he spotted a big sign next to someone's mailbox with a simple request, bring back my wheelbarrow, hand-painted in big letters, bring back my wheelbarrow. We are talking proper, proper rural Nova Scotia, by the way, you know, where your uh, sister's also your wife. Sorry, I'm sure it's not like that at all, but, uh, you know, you've got to do some incest jokes. It's the way it goes. Don't worry, there's plenty of places like that in the England. In the England, see? I may be a victim of incest myself. No, that's getting weird. All right, moving on. Uh, the producer, Andrew Killowy, was driving when he spotted a big sign next to someone's house. As I say, it says, bring back my wheelbarrow. He said, we both saw this, me and my wife, and we just went into gales of laughter. We had to take a picture. He posted it on social media. If people are posting their lunches, then this guy's definitely got a right to do this. At least that gives you a giggle. Two days later, though, they were driving back down the road. A new sign had popped up, exactly where the old sign used to be. Again, hand-painted, big sign. Thank you for bringing back my wheelbarrow. Oh, beautiful. Killowy snapped a picture of the second sign, posted it once again with the first sign, concluded the story was over. Worldwide, it's got over 20,000 retweets and 100,000 likes, which is great for the world. I think it might actually genuinely be the biggest thing to happen in Nova Scotia since World War II. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking the piss. If if you're in London and you left a sign out like that, it would be stolen by some feral youth, hurled through a window, on fire, with a message scrawled over it, so rude that it would look like Scaramucci wrote it. But in Nova Scotia, wheelbarrow theft. Out of control. I wish London was a bit like Nova Scotia. I'm living in London at the moment, and I went out for a pint last night with a friend of mine, and um, he was telling me about all the crime he suffered. Now, he lives in, like, proper central London. He's very rich. He must be. He didn't get the beers, though. Didn't get the beers. But then that's probably why he's very rich. Anyway, nice enough chap, even though he's tight. Um, And so we went out for a couple of pints. I got both. You're welcome. Um, not bitter. I'm I'm over it. It's fine. You know, I, I'm just happy to have your entertainment. Obviously, I'll pay for it, you bastard. Sorry, I digress. Anyway, I went out for a couple of pints with this fella. And he was talking about the, the crime that he has to deal with. Last week, he this, this story he told me last night, but it happened um, about a week ago. He was in bed and he heard someone in his very, very, very large backyard, right? So he goes out there and he had um, a dishwasher that was wrapped up and it was still in the cardboard box. Dishwasher is about $300, something like that, this this particular model. So not it was an all right dishwasher. I don't know. I mean, I'm not much of a dishwasher connoisseur. I've never bought one. So all I know is this one was about 300 uh, Canadian, he said. Anyway, so he's, he's out in the backyard. He goes out there and he sees the back foot of the criminals. They've taken the dishwasher. I won't bore you with all the details, but basically they've managed to get this dishwasher still wrapped in the cardboard, um, very heavy. They've thrown it over his very high metal gate, which is an incredible achievement in itself. I'm not sure how they did that. Then they'd already planned ahead and they'd got a giant wheelie bin, which they'd stolen from somewhere else. When I say a giant wheelie bin, I mean an immense bin, a bin that you could probably, a garbage can that you could get 
I don't know, probably about 10 guys in. You know, there's huge ones. And in England, they're on wheels, which uh, is a bit of a problem in this case because they'd stolen that from somewhere else. So they put the dishwasher inside the giant wheelie bin, right? Then they wheel it down the road. So my, my mate comes out of his house and he just sees someone like the back foot of someone going around the corner and he hears this commotion. And then he looks around his yard and he's like, right, well, they've had my dishwasher because that's not there. That would explain what that large bin was is probably in the bin, right? So he goes around the corner. They've given up and they've dumped it behind a pub. So he sees his dishwasher in this giant, huge bin. He's a bit worried they're going to come around the corner and stab him. It's about five in the morning. I should have mentioned that. Yeah. So, it's, you know, you don't want to be wandering around. And um, so he's found this giant garbage can. He's got his dishwasher in the back. That's all fine. So he's like, well, I can't bring it home without pushing the bin. I'll call the police. That's the best thing to do. Police arrive, right? Criminals are nowhere to be seen. They've probably walked back, seen the police and thought, yeah, you know what? I'm done with this. Let's not bother. They could have staked out the joint because obviously they were coming back for their goods, but whatever. He wants his dishwasher back and he wants to go back to bed. So the police say, well, we can't really move it without this bin. We don't know where the bin's from. So whatever. We'll just push it. So <laughs> the police and him then push this giant wheelie bin with his dishwasher in it back to his house, go into his yard. And then he's like, well, I've got a wheelie bin now. I don't, I don't, I don't really want this. And they're like, well, yeah, but we don't know where it's come from. So just hang on to it. And if you want it, you can have it. Like, there's not much we can do about it. Now, when the police say to you, this is stolen property, but we don't know what to do with it, you can have it. Surely that's going to stand up in court. So now he's got a wheelie bin. We sat down in the pub and looked up how much a brand new bin like that is. A proper massive garbage can. And um, it's 500 quid, which is about $900. So he's done quite well out of that. I mean, I don't know where he's going to sell it. I don't know if you can get the same retail value. But let's assume he can get a couple of hundred for it. He's got his dishwasher back and a, and a thing. And he still didn't get the bastard beer. I'll tell you what. I might go back round there and steal the damn dishwasher myself. He still hasn't unloaded it. He's asking for trouble. <sighs> well, bugger me. With that, I, amazingly, we seem to have come to the end of the show. That went so quickly. Thank you to Amanda Capido for being on the phone from the beach resort that is North Bay, Northern Ontario. Oh, and thank you to Donald Trump, God, I've never said that before, for making a terrible speech and not addressing the problem of the alt-right movement and the far-right in general and just the extremism that's developing in your hotbed of a mad country. The only reason I'm thanking you for it is I did get quite a good bit of show out of it, so cheers, mate, you absolute arse biscuit. Um, but yeah, it's been a good show. You can download it, as I told you earlier, but... Um, if you don't want to, you don't have to. I mean, if you're bored on the internet and you want something to do, one of my favourite websites is mrphotocanvas.com. I'll tell you why. They do organise a fantastic and very good value canvas print. You know those sexy pictures of you that you never look at because they're buried away on a hard drive? One day when you're an old woman or an old man, in the words of Neil Young, um, you will be uh, a lonely old sausage and it would be nice to look at a canvas print. Actually, I don't like the way I'm selling this. I appear to be scaring you into thinking about the intensity and the pointlessness of life and then worrying you about death and your loneliness in order to sell you a product. And that is not something I want to stick by. So I'm now going to reverse this entire ad. 
If you want to go to mrphotocanvas.com and get a canvas print for a laugh, something to do, go for it. But either way, you're going to have a great life and everything will be tickety-boo. And if it isn't, then a canvas print certainly won't solve the problem. But if you want a canvas, you can go to mrphotocanvas.com. Not the best ad I've ever done, but quite an honest one. Wouldn't it be nice if they were all like that? Uh, mrphotocanvas.com to create your photographs and stick them on a canvas. And this show will be back, as always, next week. Next week, I'm still in London, and for once, I will be with a live Amanda, because she is also in London. Slowly, I'm pulling Canada back over the Atlantic. Peace by peace. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Always a pleasure, never a chore.